Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. My husband came home with this story and he does not believe in Bigfoot. Him and a friend went up to Dead Horse Lake to go fishing for an overnight fishing trip. He said it was around 10 p.m. and they were standing by the fire talking when they heard a very loud scream. He said that... Thirty seconds after the first scream stopped, they heard another one that was quieter and shorter. They both looked at each other and said, What in the hell was that? They did not hear it again. Whatever it was scared the hell out of them, and they went and got into the pickup and locked the doors. He did say that he has never, ever heard a sound like that before. My husband and his friend are big-time hunters. 
My wife and I were on our honeymoon in Shenandoah Valley National Park in Virginia in 2019. We were excited to get an early evening hike in as we'd just arrived in town. We were driving to a hike on Skyline Drive at around 6 p.m. in a thick mist with overcast skies. We passed a strange-looking solitary man on the road a few hundred yards before the trailhead. I made a comment to my wife about how odd he looked, unkempt, vacant-looking, etc. We hiked up 1.5 miles up the mountain to the end of the trail where it terminated at the AT. My wife stopped to pee and we collected ourselves before we turned to head back down towards our vehicle. Out of the mist, not making this up, came the guy we'd passed on the road earlier. He was Lawkey, brandishing one of those combination hatchet hammer multi-tools at his side. He wasn't just carrying it. It was somewhat raised. It gets creepier. He made a comment as we passed him about how he had found a set of teeth the last time he was up there. We made an awkward acknowledgement of what he'd said, nervous laugh, and then quickly started down towards our vehicle, looking back up to where we'd come to see if he'd turned to follow us. Once we were 100 feet away, we began running down the mountain. We'd stop every minute or so to listen or observe what was going on. It was terrifying. We obviously made it back to our car, but we were shook. We would read a few weeks later about how someone had been arrested in connection with a killing near that area when we were in that area. The Arctic wind cut through my gear, chilling me to the bone as our team of Navy SEALs pressed on through the unforgiving terrain. Our mission, to destroy a secret Russian base hidden amidst the icy wilderness. The odds were stacked against us. The extreme weather conditions, the treacherous landscape, and the ruthless enemies that lurked in the shadows. But we were trained for this, and we were determined to succeed. As we maneuvered our way through the desolate landscape, a land of ice and snow as far as the eye could see, something caught our attention. In the distance, a figure emerged, its silhouette contrasting against the pristine white surroundings. It was an unknown creature, something that defied our understanding. A being that could only be described as an ice yeti or snowy Bigfoot, the creature stood tall and imposing, towering over us like a guardian of the frozen wasteland. Its fur, thick and matted, shimmered with a silver sheen, as if adorned by the frost itself. The icy wind whipped through its coarse mane, creating an ethereal aura around its formidable presence. Its eyes, piercing and intelligent, held a glint of ancient wisdom, a hint of a world hidden from human sight. Massive in stature, the snow Bigfoot possessed an impressive strength. Each step it took left deep imprints in the snow, evidence of its power and resilience in this unforgiving environment. Its arms, muscular and sinewy, seemed designed to effortlessly navigate the treacherous terrain, and from its massive hands protruded elongated fingers, ending in sharp icy claws that glistened like shards of frozen crystal. Intrigued by this enigmatic creature, we cautiously tried to follow its path, tracking its elusive movements through the snow. But as we closed in, it seemed to melt into the icy landscape, vanishing like a wisp of snow carried away by the wind. 
Frustration mingled with awe as we stood there, perplexed and questioning our own eyes. Confusion clouded our minds, and we knew it was time to reassess the situation. We had witnessed something extraordinary, something beyond the scope of our mission. We made the difficult decision to abandon our objective and report what we had seen to higher command. It was a choice made not out of fear, but out of duty. A responsibility to acknowledge and investigate the unknown. As we retreated from the Arctic depths, the image of the snow Bigfoot remained etched in our memories. It was a reminder that even in the midst of covert operations and military strategies, there were mysteries that defied explanation. We would forever carry the knowledge that there were secrets hidden within the icy wilderness, waiting to be unraveled. Our mission may have changed, but our resolve remained unyielding. We would return to the Arctic, armed with knowledge and a burning curiosity. We were Navy SEALs, defenders of freedom and seekers of truth. And the encounter with the Snow Bigfoot served as a reminder that sometimes the most incredible discoveries lay just beyond the edges of what we thought possible. Alaska in winter is a realm of extreme solitude and bone-chilling cold, a place where the wilderness dominates and man is merely a visitor. As a park ranger, I found solace in this isolation, but one winter, the icy tranquility of my remote park was disrupted by an unseen terror. It started with the disappearances. Sparse as they were in the harsh winter months, visitors began to vanish. The only common thread among the incidents was the frozen lake, a vast expanse of ice that shimmered under the weak winter sun. Then came the sightings. Visitors spoke in hushed whispers about something beneath the ice, a shadowy figure that moved with a deadly grace. Some even claimed to have seen it rise, a silhouette against the stark white landscape, before disappearing back into the icy depths. A cryptid, they said, a creature of legend. I had heard the native legends, Stories passed down through generations about a creature born of ice and darkness, said to dwell within the deepest depths of the coldest lakes. They called it the Ice Wraith, but I had always dismissed them as mere folklore. As the disappearances continued, I knew I couldn't ignore the situation any longer. I had to confront the killing reality. The park was being hunted by something unknown, something that controlled the icy elements themselves. With each passing day, the temperature seemed to drop even lower, as if the creature's icy grip on the park was tightening. The wilderness I had once found peace in had become a chilling labyrinth of fear. I decided to consult the native elders, hoping their ancient legends could provide some insight into our icy adversary. They spoke of a time when the ice wraith was a protector, a guardian of the frozen wilderness. But it had been wronged, its trust in man shattered turning it into the vengeful creature we now face. To appease the ice wraith, they said, one must show respect for the wilderness it guards to prove that mankind can coexist with nature without causing harm. With a newfound understanding, I set out to make amends. I organized clean-up crews, collecting every piece of litter, every trace of human negligence. I enforced stricter rules, ensuring visitors respected the park's natural beauty. I made it my mission to show the ice wraith we could change, that we respected its home as much as it did. Days turned into weeks. 
The relentless cold seemed to ease slightly, a sign, I hoped, that our efforts were making a difference. Then one day, while patrolling near the lake, I saw it, the figure beneath the ice watching me. There was no menace in its gaze, only a silent understanding. From that day forth, the disappearances stopped. The park returned to its icy tranquility. The specter of fear lifted. The ice wraith, the chilling adversary I had feared, had become a reminder of the respect we owe to nature and the consequences we face when we forget it. The native legends had been right, and in the end they were our salvation. Winter in Alaska is still a realm of solitude and cold, but now, beneath the ice of the frozen lake, there dwells a guardian, a cryptid born of ice and darkness, watching over its wilderness. And as for me, I have learned to live in harmony with the chilling beauty of my icy realm, always mindful of the guardian beneath the ice. This happened to my brother and I during August of 2018, and I've been trying to find the right place to share it because it's the only unexplained experience I've really had and I wanted to share. I was moving across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast and decided to bring my brother with me for the journey so I wouldn't be alone. He was pretty excited, and for one of our stops we planned on staying near Phoenix since he had lived there previously and wanted to see old friends. We had a late start on the day we were supposed to arrive in Arizona due to some unexpected bad weather in Oklahoma, and we didn't cross the border between Arizona and New Mexico until around 10 p.m. The majority of the day's drive had been uneventful, but when we crossed into Arizona we began seeing road signs about an escaped convict. We laughed and joked about it, and we got to talking about how kind of eerie Arizona is. I made a comment about how I could see how someone might think they could see something crazy out in the middle of nowhere, and then my brother jokingly said, as long as we don't mention skinwalkers, we'll be fine. When I asked what he meant by that, my brother proceeded to tell me about how a friend of his he'd met in Phoenix was very superstitious and told he and his other friends not to even mention skinwalkers when someone had brought them up in conversation with him once. I don't think we said much more on the topic after that and switched to talking about less spooky topics. We were somewhere on Interstate 40 and seeing signs for Petrified Forest National Park and our phone signal was getting patchy because we were out in the middle of now here. Navigation wasn't working great due to the poor signal. Spotify was getting choppy enough we had to just turn it off. I think I may have spotted it first. Something ran over the guardrail in front of us and I had to hit the brakes. At first glance, I thought it was a deer because it had a long neck and thin legs, but its body was also long and cat-like. It had what looked like a cougar tail, and it had an almost wolfish head with short ears. Its limbs were pretty long, and the way it moved was really unnatural. We screamed as it slowed down enough to give us a look, and then it disappeared over the guardrail on the opposite side of the road and disappeared into the desert. We screamed and then started laughing hysterically as we tried to piece together what we'd just seen. We stammered for a few minutes trying to figure out if it was, and Spotify suddenly kicked back on. To this day, I can't explain what we saw. Deformed cougar with mange is the best way I can describe it, but the experience was incredibly surreal and still gives me chills.
I saw the hat man twice in one week when being depressed and very anxious. I did a lot of research, and there happened to be many types of shadow people, including the hat man. The first time I saw him, I was paralyzed, sleep paralysis, and was deeply frightened. Firstly, he was walking in the hallway, and before I knew it, he was standing in front of me. Although he didn't have any facial features, no eyes, I could still feel him staring at me. He did have this type of hat and was about six feet tall, pitch black. When I woke up in the morning, I kind of felt a sense of relief, and my anxiety was gone. The second time, I wasn't paralyzed and just felt neutral. I wasn't scared at all, but I wasn't happy to see him either. Both times, he was watching me from the end of my bed. Never saw him since I was 16 at the time. Now I'm 22. Now, I don't think the hat man is a dangerous type of shadow person. He's mostly satisfied by just observing, which can still be scary, though. My name is James Walker, and I've been a detective for over a decade. I've seen my fair share of crime and violence, but nothing prepared me for what I encountered in the quiet neighborhood of Willow Creek. This is my story. It started with a series of unexplained violent incidents that plagued the once peaceful community. My partner, Laura Hill, and I were assigned to investigate the situation. At first, we thought it might have been a gang dispute or a turf war, but as we delved deeper into the case, we found that the perpetrators were seemingly ordinary citizens with no previous criminal records. We were puzzled, to say the least. What could have driven these law-abiding citizens to commit such heinous acts? As we interviewed witnesses and dug into the lives of the assailants, we began to notice a pattern. Each person had experienced a sudden and inexplicable personality change shortly before committing the violent acts. As a detective, I've always relied on facts and evidence, but I couldn't shake the nagging feeling that something more sinister was at play. Laura and I decided to consult a local expert and the paranormal doctor, Evelyn Martin, in hopes of finding an explanation for these bizarre occurrences. Dr. Martin listened intently as we recounted the details of our investigation. When we had finished, she shared her theory. She believed that an ancient and powerful entity had somehow found its way to Willow Creek and was possessing the townspeople, forcing them to act on their darkest impulses. I have to admit, I was skeptical. But as we continued our investigation, we found more and more evidence that supported Dr. Martin's theory. We discovered a series of strange symbols etched into the walls of the victims' homes and learned that these symbols were part of a long-forgotten ritual used to summon and control the malevolent force. Laura and I realized that we were in a race against time. If we didn't find a way to break the dark spell and banish the entity, the entire neighborhood would descend into chaos. Doctor, Martin provided us with a counter-ritual, one that would sever the connection between the entity and its victims. It was risky, and we had no guarantees that it would work, but it was the only option we had. We decided to perform the ritual in the center of Willow Creek, where the power of the entity seemed to be the strongest. As we chanted the ancient words, the air around us began to crackle with energy. The ground tremored beneath our feet, and a sense of unease filled the air. But we pressed on, determined to save the people of Willow Creek. As we reached the climax of the ritual, a deafening roar echoed through the night, 
and the oppressive atmosphere that had haunted the neighborhood lifted. We knew that we had succeeded in breaking the dark spell. In the days that followed, the possessed townspeople returned to their normal selves with no memory of the violence they had committed. Willow Creek was once again a peaceful and thriving community. This case changed me. It forced me to confront the limits of my understanding and taught me that sometimes the greatest threats come from places we cannot see or comprehend. And while the entity may have been banished from Willow Creek, I know that there are other forces out there lurking in the shadows waiting for their chance to strike. I am an amateur rock hound. I was at a basalt lava flow cut through by the river. It was one of my favorite spots. I was there with my dog, a border collie. I was picking the rock, looking for opal in a gate. It was getting late and the sun was going down. I had lost track of time and didn't want to hike out in the dark, so I quickly gathered my stuff, threw it into my backpack, called my dog, who was laying down, chewing a stick, and started out. I was in a clearing, all flat rock, and there was a small log jam and brush to go over to get on the trail. I had a .38 revolver in my hand. I've came over a log jam once only to scare a six-point elk on the other side. I've encountered bear in the area as well. My dog jumped up onto the logs and I was right behind him. He stopped and started growling. He was quiet and shaking. He was staring to my left. I slowly looked up to my left and there it was standing still halfway behind a tree about seven feet tall, black and still and quiet, and about thirty feet from me. I looked back down at my dog, and he was frozen. All I could think of is I got to get out of here now. I gave him a nudge with my knee, and he wouldn't move, so I went around him, got on the trail to my right, and my dog followed. I walked one hundred feet as fast as I could without running, thinking the whole time that's not what I think it is. Then an uh, overpowering smell came over me. It smelled like rotten fish, garbage, and shit in a bag, and then putting your face in it. I've never smelled something that nasty before. At that point, I'm thinking that is what I'm thinking it is. I heard that they smell. I have never been so scared in my life I can't describe the feeling. I just keep walking as fast as I could without running. Then I heard it. It was behind me, grunting. It was like a teenage boy's voice at puberty. It was going ba-ba. Not real loud, but I knew it was following me. I couldn't look back. The smell was gone, but I could hear it still right behind me. This was a mile down the trail. Then in the smell came back real strong, and I looked over my shoulder. It was standing in a clear spot next to the river on a bend. Behind it was the white water and rocks. It was standing there still. Its arms were past its knees, real broad shoulders. At this point, about... 5,060 yards back. I couldn't bring myself to look at its face. It followed me for another half mile, judging by the grunts and crashing through the ferns. Then I finally made it to my truck, got in, locked the doors, and got the hell out of there. I forgot I had a pistol in my hand. That's how scared I was. I've been back in the woods one time since, and not alone. I used to explore the woods two to three times a week. No more. I believe it was 2005. I was driving around at approximately 12.30 a.m. with three of my friends in my car. 
We stopped so my friend and I could relieve ourselves off of Canandaigua Road down a dirt driveway. I knew the driveway was there having seen it during the daytime. It was just a place where the town of Farmington, New York, Ontario County, would dump old asphalt. I was on the driver's side of the car, my friend on the passenger side, and both of us looking in opposite directions. I saw something on the top of a small hill, maybe 50 feet in front of me. I thought it was a tree initially, but it turned and started moving from my left to my right. It was very tall, at least eight feet, maybe ten feet. Extremely long arms that stretched down to their knees. Was gray or white in color and had somewhat of a small head. The words that came to me were, WTF is that. But before I could utter those words, my friend said, but before I could utter those words, my friend said, WTF is that? I turned to get back into the car, which I left running, but with headlights off, and I saw another one in the direction he was facing. It was absolutely terrifying, and if I had a gun with me, I wouldn't have done anything. But what I did was drive away as fast as possible. The other people in my car caught a glimpse of these creatures, but not as well as my friend Rob and I. Initially, I could only assume they were aliens. They did not look like a monkey or Bigfoot or anything like that. They had no fur or hair and were skinny and just very scary looking. I assumed they were very dangerous and of all the time I've spent outdoors in the woods and in rural or mountainous areas, I've never seen anything like those things. After that, I hadn't seen Rob in several years as we lost contact with each other. I ran into him at a gas station about eight years later and the first thing he said to me was, Hey, do you remember when we saw those things out in the middle of nowhere? The memory to him was just the same as mine, and upon seeing me, that was the first thing that popped into his mind and mine as well. Recently, speaking to a friend of mine who has a lot of interest in supernatural and paranormal things, I told a story, and she suggested that they were skinwalkers. She found some pictures that were animated of what they might look like. I definitely think that is what we had seen out there that night. I would absolutely love some insight into what these things are and why they may have been there. It does terrify me to think they had some kind of ominous purpose, or could have been dangerous, but I'd still love to know. Thanks for taking the time to get back to me and read this. I will attach the picture my friend Bailey sent me, which is a very good depiction of what I saw. Also, I will send the exact location of where this encounter occurred. Thank you very much. After reading some of your experiences, I wanted to share my own to see if I could get your opinions on what me and my family saw in the Black Hills of South Dakota. About five years ago, when I was 17, I visited some of my family who lived in South Dakota and worked there for the summer. After about a month, my brother or sister and her husband decided to do what Americans do best and go shoot guns in the woods. I had to work an evening shift, so it was decided we'd go after around 10 p.m., once my shift ended, we went to their house to pack up a truck with some snacks, guns, and ammo. The drive took around 45 minutes, and it took us up a dirt road surrounded by trees and tall grass. Eventually, it opened up into a clearing that was pretty open and flat. The nearest tree line was about 100 feet away. It was pretty dark, but the clearing was left by the truck's headlights. I kind of felt uneasy, but I chalked that up to just being in the woods at night. 
For the first 20 minutes, nothing really happened. We were just setting up plastic bottles in those plastic gallon buckets you'd get water out out of at an office. There was a feeling of being watched, we all felt. The area suddenly reeked of spoiled eggs. Those of you who have shot guns know they can smell, but even since going the military, no amount of guns and explosions have smelt this bad. We looked around to see if we could see the source and what I saw. I can still vividly remember to this day. What I saw was a thin humanoid figure crouching down, looking at us. Even while crouching down, it was still about six feet in height. When I say this figure was thin, I mean skin and bones barely do it justice. The even weirder thing about this was we all saw the figure in different spots in the tree line, but we all described the same features. Tall, thin, had long, dark hair. We quickly packed up what we could and left. The feeling of dreading felt that day will forever haunt me. Since then, my brother mentioned the area might have been in native territory, but I don't know how if that's true. Every once a day, I think back on that day and I look up different stories and encounters people have in woods, but nothing quite resembles what I saw that day. I was hiking down to the beach with two mates. We came across a sign that advised not to proceed down to the rocks, as it was quite steep and it was easy to get trapped out there once the tide came in. After watching the sunset and taking some pictures, two of us were into photography. We saw someone coming our way with high vise shirt on. We were a little concerned as we thought it might be a ranger coming to tell us that we weren't supposed to be there. We noticed when he got a little closer that things were a bit off, however. His shirt had symbols and markings on it that had been drawn in permanent marker. He had a weird look in his eye as though he was a bit unstable. He came up to us and asked if we had seen any caves in the area. We advised that we hadn't. He then sat down with us. We weren't really sure what to do, so all four of us just sat in silence for about 30 minutes or so. We could tell he was unstable and didn't want to risk setting him off. Eventually he said, so how are you boys doing? We replied, good, you? To which he said, yeah, better now and then, got up and walked back the way he had come. My name is Detective Sarah, and I have always prided myself on being a dedicated and resourceful investigator. But nothing could have prepared me for the case that would consume my life and lead me down a path I never thought possible. It began with a series of murders, each one more gruesome than the last. The victims shared a horrifying commonality. Their bodies were found mutilated, bearing strange and enigmatic marks. It was as if they had fallen prey to something beyond human comprehension. I knew I had to delve deeper into this case to uncover the truth and bring justice to the fallen. As I delved into the dark underbelly of the investigation, a glimmer of understanding began to emerge. The evidence pointed me towards a hidden world, a world of cryptids creatures that were believed to exist only in myths and legends. I found myself standing at the crossroads of reality and the supernatural, torn between skepticism and an insatiable curiosity. Determined to uncover the truth, I sought out the expertise of a renowned cryptozoologist. Driven by a shared goal of discovering the unknown, we formed an unlikely alliance. Together, 
we embarked on a journey that would lead us to the heart of darkness. Through tireless nights and endless research, we uncovered the shocking truth. A powerful and elusive creature lurked in the shadows, responsible for the heinous killings. It was a being that had managed to evade capture and remained hidden from the prying eyes of the world. Armed with newfound knowledge and a relentless pursuit of justice, I led our final raid on the creature's lair. Every step was laced with tension and anticipation, our hearts pounding in our chests. The stakes were high, and the lives of countless innocents depended on our success. But, as we confronted the creature, we quickly realized its cunning and viciousness. It fought with an intensity that left us breathless, its strength far surpassing our expectations. We fought valiantly, driven by the weight of our purpose, but it was a battle we could not win. In a split second of desperation, I found myself face to face with the creature. In that moment, I made a choice. An act of sacrifice meant to buy my partner precious seconds. I stepped between them and the creature, ready to make the ultimate sacrifice to ensure their escape. The creature struck with a ferocity that defied comprehension. Pain seared through my body as I fought to hold on, to buy just a few more moments. But in the end, the creature's power overwhelmed me. Darkness claimed me, and the world faded away. When I awoke, it was to the sound of grief and despair. My partner stood before me, their eyes filled with a devastating mix of sorrow and gratitude. They had survived, but at a tremendous cost. The cost of my life. As I lay there, my spirit broken, but my resolve unwavering, I knew that I had done what I had set out to do. I had uncovered the truth, exposed the hidden world, and given my partner the chance to continue the fight. In the end, justice prevailed, but it came at the price of my own existence. I left this world knowing that I had made a difference, that I had fought for those who could not fight for themselves. Though my physical form was gone, my spirit would forever linger, a reminder that the pursuit of justice often requires sacrifices beyond measure. And so, Detective Sarah, forever etched in the annals of those who dared to tread the line between reality and myth, faded into the darkness, leaving behind a legacy of courage, determination, and an unyielding desire for truth. I had been a park ranger for nearly a decade, but I had never seen anything like this before. I was on my usual patrol route when I noticed strange tracks in the woods. They didn't match any known animal species, and they seemed to be leading to an area of the forest that was off-limits to the public. As I followed the tracks deeper into the woods, a sense of unease settled over me. Something didn't feel right. The forest was eerily silent, and I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. After a few hours of following the tracks, I stumbled upon a clearing. In the center of the clearing was a small abandoned building that looked like it hadn't been used in years. As I approached the building, I heard strange noises coming from inside. I slowly pushed open the door, and what I saw inside sent shivers down my spine. There were strange machines and equipment that I had never seen before, and in the center of the room was a large, metallic cylinder. As I approached the cylinder, I noticed that it was covered in strange symbols and markings. Suddenly the cylinder began to glow, and I was knocked back by a powerful force. When I came to, I knew that something had gone terribly wrong. 
I could hear strange whispers in my mind, and I knew that I had been exposed to something that I couldn't fully comprehend. Over the next few days, I began to notice changes in myself. My senses were heightened, and I could sense things that I couldn't explain. And then, one night, I saw it. It was a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was humanoid in shape, but its skin was mottled and gray, and its eyes glowed with an otherworldly light. It had razor-sharp claws and teeth, and I knew that it was the source of the strange tracks in the woods. I tried to catch it, but it was too fast. It tackled me, and I went flying into the woods. I tried to get back on my feet, but I was dizzy and disoriented. I knew that I was in grave danger, but I couldn't bring myself to leave the woods. As the days passed, I began to piece together what had happened. The government had been conducting secret experiments in the woods, and I had stumbled upon one of their failed experiments. The creature that I had encountered was the result of their twisted experiments, and now it was loose in the woods. I knew that I had to stop it, but I also knew that I couldn't do it alone. I contacted the authorities, but they dismissed my claims as the ramblings of a madman, and so I remain in the woods, a lone ranger battling a creature that shouldn't exist. I don't know how long I can hold out, but I do know that I won't give up until the creature is captured or destroyed. 